0: Welcome to the Recruiter Abroad podcast. My name's Dulta Daherty, and in this podcast series, I will be interviewing expat recruiters who have emigrated around the world. This week, I'm speaking to Emma Thompson. Emma's from Manchester. She's been in the industry for over eight years. Um, she used to be a well-known DJ uh, with Radio 1, and she traveled the world uh, as a DJ and lived that life uh, As much as she could. So much so that she needed to change careers when she turned 30. And it just so happened that her sister was getting into recruitment. They went on to set up their own recruitment firm and ran that successfully for over six years. Emma got to a point in her career where she felt that they needed to go their separate ways. And Emma, decided to join a company called Engage Infotech. The interesting thing about Emma, other than the amazing story that she has, is that she works remotely. So most of the year she lives in the Isle of Man and her boss uh, Seb Butt, who reached out to me this week and suggested Emma as a guest, so massive thanks to him, uh, trusts her to get the work done and, and you know, make those placements and and really do an awesome job for him. So she does most of the year in the Isle of Man, and she's spending the next six months in Tenerife. So we discussed about uh, her career, um, what it's like to work remotely, how she structures her job, um, and you know what, what does she do with her spare time. And she was an amazing guest, and I really, really enjoyed speaking to her. And If you guys enjoyed it, please do give us a little recommendation on LinkedIn or on iTunes. Send it to another recruiter. We have another podcast as well in case the international thing isn't your thing. We have the Recruiter Abroad Startup Podcast, which is running every Wednesday. So this comes out on a Friday. The other one comes out on a Wednesday. And on the Startup Podcast, it'll give you a good insight into how to start up, scale, operate and even sell a recruitment business. And we get lots of well-known recruitment experts who come on and give their 10 cents worth. Anyway, over to Emma. And I hope you are all enjoying the World Cup. Unlucky to England this week. But we've got the final to come. And the weekend is upon us. Take care. God bless. Hi there, Emma. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am. I'm the best. Thank you for coming in and rescuing the show at the last second.
1: You're very welcome. Um, I think maybe it was meant to be.
0: It was meant to be. All right. So, Emma, um, I've given everybody just a brief rundown of your background, but can you kind of go into a bit more detail on that and maybe tell us a little bit about what life was like before you came into the agency recruitment? So interestingly enough,
1: before I went to university, I actually went into software sales. Um, I was, I was, well, I was completely wild at the time, so I wasn't very successful and I got sacked, but you know, that's another story. I was 18. But uh, when I came back out of university, I went back into software where I was, uh, <laughs> I was much calmer and, uh, and did much better. Um, but then when I was 23, um, I'd lived in Ibiza when I was 22 for the summer, and when I came back, I uh, I actually got asked to go and do um, a pilot for BBC Radio One um, to have my own show because I was um, I was a DJ, so I did that, and then in the December um, I got the call to say that I'd got the show, so I gave up my job in software um, and I I became full time full time DJ. I started at Radio One in the January. What, um, what year was this in? 2006.
0: Okay, fantastic.
1: So I did that. Um And then as soon as I joined Radio 1, I got an agent. So then what, what had been something that I was doing every weekend previously be- became a full-time job at tours and, um, and and festivals and things like that. And then the following year, I set up a record label. Uh, I was a resident at the time at a club called Sankey's, which was voted number one club in the world a few times. And um, that just kind of that was my life then up until I was about 29 what um, what
0: does a, what does the daily routine look well, like there, of a dj
1: well there isn't one
0: which is uh, <laughs> why it's
1: <laughs> quite um an interesting life but yeah i certainly missed structure um, after a few years i really started to miss structure at first it was it was just you know a massive party really but um i i didn't really manage to deal very well with with trying to get things done that I needed to get done because to me I was just getting paid to to party so I struggled with with having any kind of structure in the week which I needed really for my label and to make sure that I was um I was producing tracks and and things like that but but I I struggled a bit with the business side of it because it just it didn't really feel like a job um so so for me it was just you know in the studio and um, picking tracks and practicing, and, and then traveling most of the time, and living uh, at night
0: as well, I think.
1: Living at night, yeah, and and really sometimes going from country to country to country, you wouldn't sleep properly for like three days. And I remember I didn't sleep in my own bed once for thirty days. Mm. So it was um, it was a wonderful time, but it was it was challenging on um, on my health really more than yeah. anything. Um, I,
0: I lived at night for a number of years running running a nightclub, not as glamorous as what you did. But the one thing you figure out when when you're living at night is there's a lot of strange people who come out at night, and then they become your normal. Yes,
1: that is very true. I was one of the strange people though, so I was already my normal. (laughs) But yeah, sleeping till one o'clock in the afternoon and things like that—it just it became a bit of a chore, really, in the end. And I think I felt quite lonely towards the end because I never really, I never could go to family parties and and in the day I was always by myself and I loved it but but in the end I became quite ill for, for a number of reasons I had um, a few things that, that kind of just got on top of me and, and I collapsed and ended up in, in hospital and I left that hospital in, in a wheelchair oh. I was diagnosed with uh with chronic fatigue syndrome which is ME so for me that was really the end of that Um I had to find a way to claw myself back to health Um, and that was a journey that took about three years and in that time there were were periods where i I couldn't work at all but when i was well um my sister had her own recruitment business and she came from software as well and she focused on technology
0: Um, were you guys based in manchester
1: yeah based in manchester and rochdale specifically but we're always focused on global markets we never really did much work in the uk and um, so I, I was on the radio at the time but i but i was this was coming towards the end and, and i had to kind of give up everything and then we decided to to, to have a go at that together and because of my background and uh, we always thought we'd do something together anyway and and that's how it started um
0: walk, walk us through that first uh you know three three month period when you and her are, are you just working out of a bedroom have you got an office yeah no, we, we had an office how did you how did you like how did you structure your plan to to make it work? You know, like walk us through that piece.
1: Um well, we didn't really. I mean, if, as you will probably know, the beginning, the beginning phase of recruitment, my sister was already in recruitment. She'd done a contract for BMC, um, and she my sister had actually set up the channel for AppSense. So she was quite technical anyway, and she was a fantastic salesperson, and she'd always done that. Um, so, so she was already she already had her own business. We didn't just all of a sudden say, right, should we have a recruitment business? Because okay. that would have been insane. Um, but, but she already came from that background. And she was doing really well. Um, so she decided to just go after her own her own clients, which she'd been doing for quite some time. And she was focusing on quite senior appointments and enterprise sales. Really, were were her speciality. And she was starting to go after more kind of sales director, um, country manager, that kind of thing. So.
0: You what, what type of countries were you going after?
1: Um, most of our work at that time was in places like Germany, um, America. We did a lot of stuff in America. Um, the Middle East, Dubai, we were doing quite a lot of stuff there. I was doing a lot of stuff on the East Coast uh, of America and New York. Um, we did a contract for Salesforce, which was all over Europe. Did a contract for Citrix and Cisco, both all over Europe. Um so yeah, ne- never much stuff in the UK. A couple of startups who wanted enterprise salespeople, but but mostly it was yeah. Germany and France and the Nordics and the how, the how did
0: how did you win those major accounts?
1: Uh, well, she did that at that time because I was new to it. So so that was Natalie's um my sister Natalie, that was her kind of flair for business development, which has led onto my own. That's probably my my area of speciality. Anybody in the office that engage who wants a new business call, I do it and I bring the customer on. So I, I learned quite a lot from her. But the thing about us is that we're just, um, we're really human and and recruitment can be really corporate and, and we're just not like that. And for some reason, um, people, people like it. We're really human. We bring humor, but we also are articulate and we know what we're talking about. So yeah, at that time I wasn't bringing on new clients because I didn't even understand job descriptions. So uh, <laughs> it was just a, a really, really steep learning curve, and, and it took some time. And so where, I just where,
0: where were you getting sales. your candidates from? Um, what wh- where were we sourcing them? Yeah, yeah, because you're obviously working different marketplaces. You know, LinkedIn probably wasn't as prevalent as it is right now. It was no, it was. It was. It was. It was better then because now it's yeah. completely oversaturated. So. <laughs>
1: So then it was just, you know, if you send a punchy message six years ago, my response rate was pretty much every single person that I messaged. So so LinkedIn and Zing have always been our our main approaches. It's been the last few years that I've started using other ways of finding people, you know, social media, um, Twitter it, it is something that I use quite a bit now and, and other ways of finding contact details and stuff like that. Um, but but back then, LinkedIn was was extremely um successful for the kinds of people that we were looking for because we weren't i find the harder the harder roles to fill are you know a junior account manager who's got a year's experience if if you give me an enterprise sales role i mean now again like i said because it's so oversaturated and they get so mm. irrelevant messages it kind of um, it does does a disservice that they get so many messages that aren't relevant. They they just think we're all the same, but
0: but then yeah. I, found it, I found it really easy to get on out of people. Yeah, the the junior the junior roles are harder to qualify because they're personality driven in the yeah. decision making process where the senior ones you can go well here's the results you know look look. there's a track record and they've done it similarly
1: so. yeah that's true I, I think there's just the more junior ones are normally quite flaky as well so um, not as as committed so you, you're chasing people for a lot longer and there's just there's just so many more of them the more senior the more senior you get I work on some managing director positions and um, senior managers and the more senior you get the easier it is I, I did a cto role for an ai uh, software startup and you know every single person that i reached out to responded i had six people in process in a week for a cto and that was the biggest the biggest fee that i've ever brought in um, and it was probably the easiest i've ever done
0: and tell me so so you you guys kind of got up and got some wins on the board pretty quick did you scale out from there did you did you hire other recruiters or how did that process look
1: um, we we got to the point where my sister wanted to bring on somebody else. Um, it was somebody she knew, and I don't think it really worked that well. Um, but but in terms of in terms of my my sister and what she wanted, my sister is just not. She's probably the least corporate person you could ever wish. To, you know, you could ever meet in your life. So it was never really her plan. She didn't want to have a recruitment company with 15 people working for her in an office. She wanted to choose who she worked with, get the fees that she wanted and bring in, you know, personally herself, bring in 250, 300 grand a year for her. Um, so me coming in was just a, an extension of that, but there was never a plan for it to go beyond that because that's just not what she wanted. She wanted to be able to go to the gym when she wants to. She wants to be able to, um you know take the afternoon off and she's just she's got a young daughter and work-life balance was so huge that the whole point of her having the organization was so that she could have um, the life that she wanted and that wouldn't have been the case if she was you know scaling up and, and hiring and training more people
0: yeah i mean <laughs> i've kind of done that myself i haven't uh i i've decided not to go down this the scalable route um i, I, I regret it at some but uh
1: Well, it's a lot more pressure, isn't it? And as you and I briefly discussed before, the feast or famine moments, it can get very twitchy. (laughs) If it's been a few months and, you know, you might have brought in 100 grand in the first quarter, but then if it's three months later and you've not had anything, it's very, very easy to start getting very nervous. So I do understand why people would want to scale up and alleviate that pressure. But at the same time, it's not for everyone to be, Running an
0: organisation like that, if they don't want
1: the the added time that comes with that.
0: So, you, so you guys, so you brought on somebody. It, it, it did you mention it didn't really work out?
1: Yeah, it didn't really work out because um, I think there was we we all kind of had a eventually a, a you know a responsibility to bring on new business, and this person just wasn't a new business person, and there wasn't enough you know in such a small organisation there wasn't enough work to share. We needed to be bringing on our own clients and so that's why it just didn't really work out
0: Um, so there were some lessons learned there from
1: yes yeah absolutely and it it was a friend as well which
0: can always be um tricky yeah Uh, so did it did it more or less go the same way for the for the six and a half years you were working together uh
1: yeah yeah um it 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 was great and again because of my period of, of getting back to health um I've only been well for a couple of years um so you know it was it was it, it was a, it was difficult times for me because I'd have to take three months off um occasionally to recover when I was sometimes I was sleeping for 20 hours a day and oh trying God. to work whilst being in that state when I couldn't I couldn't brush my teeth I couldn't get up the stairs um and, and trying to work and in the end I just had a bit of a meltdown and had to, had to take quite a considerable amount of time off so it was lots of starting again for me you know it was um, back to the drawing board because obviously it takes so much time to build up a pipeline um, and you obviously know all those things that can go wrong along the way you need to have a lot of balls in the air so yeah. I would then have to come back and start again so it was certainly challenging um, but but it was you know we, we did really well together we enjoyed working together um, and again as, as I mentioned to you earlier the only reason why I came away from that, which was a very cushy, nice life and lots of doing what we wanted and going shopping together and going to the gym together. And, you know, that that side of things was difficult to give up. But at the same time, when things were tougher, it was putting such a huge strain on our relationship that it was weekend and all we were talking about was work and, and getting stressed out. And, and in the end, I just didn't feel anything was worth that, which was why I decided to... Um,
0: Go go somewhere else, which is yeah. So so that that I find fascinating. You know, you're giving up a tremendous amount uh, to save your personal relationship with your with your sister. Uh, I, I, I've been running this business for three and a half years, and it, I think it would it would be hard for me to to go back and and work for somebody else. How how did how did they tempt you to join? Like, what was what was really in it for you? Well, 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 the thing was um, they'd actually reached out to me a while before,
1: and I just sent them a message back saying not right now, but this person might be interested. And I think I think he remembered me from that because I'd been nice and done something for free. Um, so so when, when it came to us having these kinds of conversations, um, I just said, well, and I, again, it's a lot of strain on um, it was a lot of strain on on us that I was I was ill. For a lot of the time as well. Yeah. So, so once I'd had a year under my belt of of being of being well, um, I just decided. I mean that, that that in itself was was a huge process. But, um, we just had that conversation, and the situation that I have right now is it, not hugely dissimilar. I mean, I'm, I'm much stricter, um, because I'm, I'm working for someone. But I'm still, you know, I'm still at the moment. I'm in Tenerife. I've got a pool outside. I've got a gym. In, in the building that I go to at lunchtime. Um, so so I get it get done and I, and I do what i for us to do, but I'm, I'm not in an office. So I don't think I ever, ever in a million years would, would have made the decision that I'd made had they not been flexible with me doing homeworking. I, I will never, ever go back to work in an office. If you paid me a hundred grand basic, I just wouldn't do that. Um, so, so, so the situation that I've got, I'm a really disciplined person anyway. I get up at four thirty a.m. three times a week to CrossFit. And i I train twice a day, sometimes three times a day, and, and I'm just an extremely focused individual. So for me, it doesn't matter that I'm working for someone else because I just I get done what I need to get done, and, and I'm not in an office. So so that's the difference. I don't feel like I'm given up too much because I've not gone I've not gone into corporate world where I have to. Get a sit, go and see
0: traffic in the morning. I'm still, I'm still quite free like that, and that that's the difference. So, so let me take you back a step. A step. You, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned the Isle of Man. How did that come about? Uh,
1: my partner's from the Isle of Man, so um, after a year of of back and forth visiting each other once every two weeks, um, at first I thought I would, you know, I thought it would be the other way around. But after I'd spent time there, and um, because I, I'm, I'm Obviously not um, the person that I was when I was, was when I was DJing and traveling the world. I like I like to be near the sea. and I like nature and I like calm.
0: <laughs> you, know, you, you need a bit of zen in your life.
1: Yeah, I do, and um, and and it keeps me out of trouble as well. Uh, but yeah, I just I just loved it there. I loved the energy there. There's no crime. There's no pollution. There's no traffic, um, and it's just for me. After I was spent a year back and forth, I, I didn't really. I didn't really want to stay in the
0: UK at that point, so I decided to move there. How did that conversation go with your boss? Um, well, my boss was my sister at the time. So yeah. ah, right. So you were out there at at the time. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you're out there, you're working, you're working with and for your sister, and you you make the decision, okay, right, I'm 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 gonna move on to another company. Mm-hmm. Did did they hire you on the basis that you were remote already? Do they have do they have yeah, lots they, of other people that are remote?
1: No, no, but they do have an office in Greece where uh, I think I'm not sure if there's a couple of people there, but 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 there's a quite a senior person over there, and they had a small office in Manchester, so it wasn't that everybody was in London and I was just uh, on my own. They were quite spread out, but I am the first, I have been the first person to be working remotely. Um, no,
0: and and I mean you. You've been doing this a long time, and you're you're mature, and you're you know you're driven, and all the rest. Um, how hard is it for most people to work remotely? Do you think?
1: Do you know what I, I can tell you now? My my partner is. Um, we've just we've just come to Tenerife um, to take six six seven months here because she's been unwell, and I just want her to. She stud, I want her to finish her studies. I wanted her to not have a job. I just wanted her to get some sunshine because we had a bit of a scare with her last year, a cancer scare, and she's, she's still got enlarged lymph nodes. So I said, right, that's it. Nothing is worth this. Let's, let's go and get some sun and we'll get you well. She cannot concentrate. She's, I, I'm 35. She's 27 next. She cannot sit and concentrate. I'm, she not she would work from an office on the island of Man. She said to me in the first couple of weeks, she said, I cannot believe how much you do. You don't even take a full lunch hour. You start early, you finish late. She said, I don't know how you do it. And she has to have breaks just from studying. She has to go and get her shopping in. She has to go somewhere because she cannot. She does not have the discipline and she does not have the um attention to do it at all. And she can't get her get her head around it. I
0: I have a lot lots of recruiters reach out to me and say, you know, uh, could you get me a remote a remote job so I could live somewhere? Um, I just don't know many employers that would put that amount of trust in somebody. You probably would need to have somebody like yourself that 's been doing it for for seven eight years it, and, and and kind of really knows what they're doing um, Is there any checks and balances that they that they do with you and your desk
1: well the first when I, when I first got the job, I went to spend the week with them and and even before I started i asked the, I asked them to give me. Um, a, search, a search that I could start working on so that when I got in there I could hit the ground running so the first couple of days I got in there I, I submitted about eight people for a really like senior role um, at Capgemini and that was just work I'd done on my own so I think that was a kind of indication of what I'm like um, but before I got my new laptop there were things on there like that shows um, activity and productivity and, and stuff like that but they they just know. I I brought in two hundred and two hundred and fifty five k, I think, last in my first year, and that was after ramp up. So I actually did that in seven months, um, which I think is quite good for a first year.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, you so, think?
1: <laughs> yeah. So 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 I when I asked them if I could go to Tenerife um, my there's two there's there's Seth who's directly my boss, but they're both you know, they, um, Ash has the farmer side of the of the company. And it's normally him that I have my check-ins with about my pipeline, where I'm up to, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I just said, "Would you mind?" You know, she's not been very well, and a bit worried. And he said, "I know." You know, we don't actually care where you work from. Um, and the thing is, it's not it's not just a normal job where you just get paid a certain amount of money. If I want to earn money, more money, I need to place people. Um, and especially at the moment, I'm looking after two of us, so so I'm more focused than ever. Um, I've had a really, really, you will know this, coming from the industry, I've had a really bad run recently with uh, counter-offers and
0: people
1: contracts taking too long and then them taking something else. I've had about five offers on on the trot. One guy uh, verbally accepted and then when he checked his contract it was three months so they said no. And this is is about five or six people on the trot I've had go down after people have accepted. So I've had a bad run, um, but pipeline is is absolutely insane and, and I know I'm I'm likely to do probably no well, I think
0: that's that's it isn't it in the next six months. The best people they don't get too excited when it's going well and they don't get too yeah. down when it's not. I mean I I, I, I set up this business with my, my wife Charlotte. She hasn't really been in the business the last few years. We've we have two kids under two now. Um, so she's just had our, our second we fella and uh, you know, I I go home and I go home every couple of hours. I get handed a child, and then she had the spread sh- the spreadsheet out saying, did th- this deal fell over? Um, we're, oh. re- we're renovating, we're renovating it. We're, re- we're renovating the house. Uh, we've just bought this house. We're re- renovating the upstairs uh, next month. Uh, you need to get back out and get the next deal. In. So that oh, it is it's, it is. T- it- I'm I think I'm a really resilient person
1: and and I can push it off. But the run I've had recently, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I actually cried not last week, the week before I actually cried because so much had happened in short, in a short space of time. And I just said to my boss, I said, Can we can we talk? Because I just really need to sound this off. I said, I, I literally cannot do any more than I'm doing like and the amount of business I've had that fall through, one was a managing director where he actually was getting his contract drawn up and it was a huge fee and then last minute the the lady in india said Do you know what he is brilliant but can we just have a quick look around and see if there's anything else? And, they gave it to anyone else and they were already i'd already given them all these contract details so yeah by the time that happened five times i had I, to I speak to my boss i said look well, don't be concerned. That I'm not doing what I should be doing. I said, but well, I, I really feel like everyone's against me at the moment. But once I got it off my chest, I, I you know I felt better. Well, that was probably the most I've ever felt like.
0: I, I try and I try and keep three or four good close friends, former colleagues of mine, uh, close enough where you know I, I, something will happen. I'll go and I'll get a pint of Guinness and I'll sit by myself in the local bar kind of sending out signals like don't come near me leave me alone and and I'll just be on on whatsapp back and forth with them just making sure that their day's just as shit as mine
1: yeah exactly I've got my sister for that she spoke to me yesterday she went I think you've passed on to me your absolutely everything falling through
0: and and I should have felt bad but I just made me feel better (laughs) it does it does but but look I I also think it's somewhere I think people like people uh people go on holidays and people get relaxed and it's just a nightmare time to do business you know especially if you're doing international stuff and mm-hmm. and you know the weather's nice and nobody wants to actually for me moving UK recruiters around the world nobody wants to leave now so all we need now is the weather to turn we're, we're we right so, again. <laughs> so um, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show I um, really enjoyed your story you're just uh, before I go, you me- you mentioned uh, you mentioned you're doing a bit of Thai boxing. What, what is your what is your average day look like now as a remote recruiter? So this. my average day
1: now is I get up at four four thirty four forty five a.m. lunatic. I get picked up at five o'clock. I go to CrossFit at five thirty for an hour and twenty minutes. Come home, depending on depending on how wired or knackered I am, I might get back into bed for an hour till eight o'clock. Um, and then I'll get up. I normally start work then. Um, I'll work till uh, five o'clock minimum, but normally longer than that.
0: How, how and do then, you structure your day in, the, in that time?
1: So um, I um, I just I just have a look at um, how many roles I've got on, and, and, and I kind of prioritise them in terms of urgency, and then I spend normally when i've got loads of work on and they're all urgent i'll spend a full day on each roll So, say i've got you know five or six rolls i'll do monday tuesday wednesday Thursday, friday on different rolls sometimes i'll do a couple of hours on each and keep switching back and forth but it depends on on how urgent they are um but but i've i've probably the only person on the planet who's actually got a physical diary and um, and and i always write in you know what day i've put i've spoken to someone so that I can chase a CV in three days and that's all physical for me because I, I don't get it the same when it's on my laptop and um, so so really it's just yeah it's just searching isn't it and calls um, and, and you just have to prioritize I've also I brought on DXC technology this year as well um, and they're, they're giving me roles every week so I also have to manage that relationship fully as well as everybody else in the office back in the UK who are also working on those roles. So that's taken quite a lot of time at the moment um, and people for other people. But obviously that, that's my account. So it's win-win whether somebody else places or, or whether I place. And that was do, you a, do
0: you get a split on that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if someone
1: else places, I get less, but obviously if I place, I get, I get more. Um, so yeah, it's just, I've got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of work at the moment. So, so normally, um, for me, like I, I'll have something to eat, which will take about 15 minutes, but I, I never take an hour, unless my head's frazzled, I'll go to the gym for an hour. Um, but normally I'm just too busy and I normally work until about half, five, quarter, quarter, six. Um, and then I go training from, at least from seven until 9pm, um, from white eye, and that's five times a week and then twice a week I have to get up and go do a 7k run um so that's that's what my my week looks like at the moment I'm absolutely exhausted
0: oh my god when's the fight
1: 26th of August
0: 26th of August and so you're cutting weight you're, you're, you're... I'm, I'm currently
1: 60 kilos um and I'm five foot eight and I've got to get to 56 kilos now I've just I've just done so much training this week that um I can't even begin to tell you. I've, I've, I'm burning at least a thousand calories a day, and I've not lost any weight. So I've had a total meltdown, and I've been all over Facebook to my personal trainer, say, "Why am I not? Why am I not losing weight when I'm training this much?" Uh, but I think the common consensus is that I'm totally overtraining and mm. not eating enough. So I'm going to have to try and figure out what to do with my food as well, which is another added pressure in the week. There you go.
0: All right. Well. uh, can you just tell us a little bit about the the business that you work for before you go? Just uh, get, to give a shout out to Seb, 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 Sebastian but for coming in and saving the day and offering you up as a guest. Telling him t- tell you a little bit about what sorry uh, the business that you work for engage. Uh, in oh, engage
1: yeah. Oh, they're wonderful. Um, as I mentioned, recruitment is very corporate and very cutthroat. The, the guys I work for are just. I think I I think I really, really landed on my feet when I met these guys. They're just hugely supportive, um, really, really good guys, um, extremely encouraging. They they um they're there if you need them, but they know they know that I just crack on. Seb is our chief rainmaker, so he just brings on clients for fun. Um and they've got a really young team in there that that have come on so much under their leadership in the last couple of years. It's been nice to see. Um, because obviously it's a huge learning curve. Everyone's doing really well and, and the company's going through huge growth now. So from where we were when I first joined to where we are now um, and the clients that we've got, I think, think me coming on board, I brought on quite a few clients in the first year. brought on AppDynamics. I brought on, Dynamics, um, I brought on a, a, a Sysdig. I brought on the software company around AI, um, an outsourcing company in America, um, I've brought on DXC technology, so um, I think yeah, it's enabled us to to kind of and, and Seb, Just he's just amazing at, at managing relationships and bringing clients on. So we're in a really really interesting position. We're hiring all the time at the moment. Uh, we've just hired a German speaker to help us with some of our German roles. She's she's really great, um, and we've just brought on a, a more senior person as well who's done a lot of technical recruiting. So, um, yeah, we've got a good, good, strong team and a really, really nice, supportive, um, just a really positive environment to work
0: in. All right, Emma. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. No problem. Thank you. Speak to you soon. Bye. Well, a massive thank you to Emma for coming on the show and sharing her story, especially at last minute. And a massive thank you to her boss, Seb, for reaching out and suggesting her. Um, really enjoyed uh, our conversation. And I love the fact that she's working remotely and they let her and they trust her to do it. You really don't need to be stuck in an office with a stupid suit and tie on doing what you're told in a regimented way. You can do that from anywhere. You know, we've enough technology now to get this job done anywhere. And when people are in the industry and they know their stuff, We really should be trusting them to get the job done. And I think it would go a long way to reducing the turnover of people who just come into our industry, do it for a couple of years or even just do it for a couple of months, give us an even worse name and then move on to something else and blame the industry. Anyway, uh, she was a great guest, really, really good and uh, best of luck to her in the fight game. Fair play. Wouldn't fancy it myself. All right. Till next week, we'll have another guest. Hopefully, he is going to be feeling better. He knows who he is. And we will be discussing Asia. All right. Take care. God bless. Good luck.